Thanks for listening to The Last Days Podcast with Dr. Todd and Katie Holmes. To stay connected, please check out the River of Tri-Cities Church on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or online at riveroftricities.com. The Last Days Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, here's Dr. Todd and Katie Holmes. We welcome you to The Last Days Podcast. And the good news is that you're still alive, and so are we. And, uh... So we haven't come to the very last day yet, and we're glad that you're listening and hope that you would uh, invite other people to come. I'm here in the studio with my wonderful, beautiful, incredible wife, Pastor Katie. (laughs) It's great to have you guys with us. Thanks so much for for joining, and of course pray that this will be a great blessing to you. We're following the leading of the Holy Ghost each time as as to what he would have us to share, and so um, we're excited to be doing this once again today. So we're still praying, waiting for God to tell us what to speak on. No, um, but uh, we're going to, Pastor Katie and I, and I don't call her Pastor Katie at home, but just to let you know, I call her Sister Katie at home. Oh, um, please. Oh, Lord. No. Sister Pastor's wife. Don't don't be religious like that. But um, anyway, we're so glad that you are here with us and that you're listening. And, And as I said, you know, if you could send a text to somebody, say, hey, I'm listening to this podcast, Last Day's Podcast. Um, you know, jump on and, and listen to this and invite other people. Um, this is, this is the primary way it gets shared Yes, is for through sure. word of mouth. Yes. And we're That's just the best advertisement. Absolutely. And we're also. hearing more and more people like, oh my gosh, I just heard that there's a podcast and I, and I had one lady, um, back a couple months ago, she heard about the podcast and four days later she came to me. And she said, all I've been doing is listening to the podcast. She goes, one after another, after another. And she had listened to every single one in like wow. four days' time. <laughs> like, and I was like, yeah, I'm a huge marathon there. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, we had a lot less a few months ago. Yeah. This was back in, I don't know, June or something like that. But anyway, we're glad that, that you're listening to us. And um, as I was <clears throat> just asking the Lord this morning to speak to me and, uh, you know, Lord, what is it that you would have for us to share today? Because we don't we don't have any preplanned agenda. Um, it's not like the governments of the world, you know, Agenda Twenty Fifty. Um, <laughs> where our our agenda is just to be used by God to allow Him to flow through us as we are vessels that He can pour through. We want to be vessels of purity. And there's a there's a scripture that came to me, and um, and I know the direction that, that we're supposed to head here, and, and Katie, you can just jump in whenever yep. uh, you've got something there. But in Ephesians, not Ephesians, mm-hmm. Ephesians 5, um, I want to read, uh, it's 13 verses of Scripture, but I want to highlight verse 7, okay? But we've got to have a background a little bit here. Do you want me to read it? And Yeah, would you? That'd be okay. great. Thanks. All right, so this is the, from the New King James Version, um, Ephesians 5, starting in verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all clean, uncleanness, <laughs> or uncleanness. Cu- uncleanness, sorry. I was going to say uncleanliness, and I was like, wait a second. It's not, it's not quite there. Okay, uncleanness. I think I would have or, pronounced it uncleanliness. <laughs> or We're covetousness. We're all learning English. Yes, yeah. 
It's not quite as as, uh, difficult as the King James, but sometimes close to it. Okay, sorry about the interruption there. Let it not be even named among you that uncleanness. And fornication. And fornication, as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, which is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let, verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Verse 7, which we're highlighting here, I guess. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Amen. So as we're as we're looking at these verses here, and I'm gonna I want to go into a little more depth with that. What the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about this morning was don't be partakers in another person's sin. You may say, Well, you know what? I live my life the way I know God would have for me to live my life. But are you enabling sin in someone else? Mm-hmm. Are you overlooking it so that it is easier on you because people as a whole don't like to confront. Right. And honestly, <clears throat> I used to be that way myself. Not still, the, not that I like to confront. I'm not, I'm not like, a, that's not my thing. But I definitely don't back away from it at all. I know that things have to be set right and you can't have <clears throat> you can't have purity in in the life of a believer without having boundaries, without having um, yeah the that structure right. of righteousness right. in your life and holiness in your life. Right. And the Bible says, <clears throat> "Don't be partakers with them." One other verse of scripture. Just the second part of 1 Timothy 5.22, it says, don't share in other people's sins, keep yourself pure. Now, he was specifically talking to ministers there. But this um, that we read in Ephesians 5, this is to the church. And so it was just emphasized then, again, in 1 Timothy 5, to those who are in ministry, do not share in other people's sins. It said before that, don't lay... Don't lay hands suddenly on someone because you are ordaining them into ministry Mm -hmm. um, and nor share in other people's sins. And so you don't just want to overlook what somebody's going through. Oh, well, they want to go ahead and be in ministry. Meanwhile, or somebody wants to serve on my church board or somebody wants to be, you know, uh, my my, uh, worship leader or song, you know, leader, but they have issues of homosexuality. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know what? I need I need the help. I need mm-hmm. this person to do this in the church. But they live impure lives. I know it. Oh, what you're doing is you are being a partaker of their sins. 
The Bible says keep yourself pure because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Mm-hmm. Here at the River of Tri-Cities Church and in this ministry here, we have to keep the atmosphere pure. Right. And we have to keep our hearts pure. And we so we can't dabble in sin or deal with dabblers. Right. Okay. Right. And and so because this helps keep ourselves pure and it helps keep the body of Christ pure. As a shepherd, I'm responsible for what comes out of what comes out of the body of Christ uh, comes out that feeds the body of Christ. I knew I was going to say that the way I wanted it to, but um, when I was uh, many years ago um, in our uh, a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and um, I let all the all the worship, all of the services there. I was an associate pastor on staff, worked with youth, worked with music, just a little bit of everything, cleaned when I needed to, did toilets, ran the daycare, had 120 kids in it, um, all, all kinds of different things. But my primary, my primary gifting <clears throat> was in the area of music. I wasn't so much into preaching a lot at that time. I was some, but not an not an entire deal. I I, I apologize for the frog that I'm <laughs> I'm dealing with here, and I'm hoping it doesn't jump out on you. No. Um, anyway, I'm rebuking this Egyptian frog, yes. and so <clears throat> anyway, there was a there was a time where I was I, I was in the front of the church, and there was. Um, a young lady that was on the worship team. And as I saw her, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, go over to her and tell her not to have, I'm trying to think here. Yes, it's safe to name names. I'm just giving front first names. It's okay. And so, and so he said, tell Melanie not to have anything to do with Joel. Joel was a young man that had come in the church just within about the last month. I knew who the Spirit of God was speaking about. I wasn't aware of any other Joels in the church at that time. And um, so, but I'd never seen them together. I'd never seen anything talking, them talking, nothing, nothing at all. But the Spirit of God clearly spoke to me. He said, talk to Melanie. Tell her I have nothing to do with Joel. I was like, okay. So I approached Melanie, and I said, um, Hey Melanie, I want to, I want to tell you. I said the spirit of the Lord spoke to me, and He said for you to have nothing to do with Joel. And she looked at me. She goes, Pastor Todd. She goes, What are you talking about? I was like, I'm, I'm telling you that the spirit of the Lord has spoken to me and told me to tell you, have nothing to do with Joel. And she says, Joel, and you know, calls him out. I said, Yeah. And she says, Have you ever seen me around him? I said, no, I have not. She goes, have you ever seen me talking to him? You ever seen me hanging out with him? I said, never one time. <clears throat> and she says, well, what makes you think that, I, that I'm doing something with Joel? I said, nothing at all. I said, I'm not thinking that you have anything to do with Joel at all. I said, but the Spirit of God spoke to me and told me to tell you that. I said, so that's from, that's from God. I said, so just line up with the Word of God. And she kind of rolled her eyes and walked away. Um. So I delivered the message. I didn't have anything else to go on, just what God had spoken to me. 
So it's a few weeks later, and I see her walking into the church, and the Spirit of God speaks to me. And he says, tell Melanie again, have nothing to do with Joel. Have nothing to do with the relationship with him. And so I walked up to her. <clears throat> I said, Melanie, I said, um, you know, I said something to you a couple of weeks ago. And she said, yes. And I said, the Spirit of God spoke to me again when you walked in the church. And he said, to tell you one more time, have nothing to do with Joel. And she goes, oh, Pastor Todd. She goes, again, I say to you, have you ever seen me talking with him? I said, no, I haven't. She goes, you ever seen me sit with him? I said, no, I haven't. You ever seen me have any interaction? I said, no, I never have. Not one time. What makes you think then that there is anything going on? I said, nothing at all. I said, I'm not basing this at all. I said, I'm just basing this on what the Spirit of God spoke to me. That's all. And so I ask for you to do what the Spirit of God says. Have nothing to do with him. I have no idea. And honestly, I don't know very, very much at all about, about this young man. He seemed hungry for God, seemed sincere, but I hadn't, hadn't spent a great deal of time with him. I'd talk with him, you know, just lightly there in the church. <clears throat> and so I just dismissed it. Okay, I've done what I'm supposed to do. God didn't give me any other instructions. Now, it's a few weeks later now. I'm driving through the city of Tulsa driving near this intersection. There's this massive apartment complex there. It takes up a ton of room. And as I'm going past it, the Spirit of God says, pull in this back entrance. I was like, oh, okay. It's a locked community, gated community and everything like that. <clears throat> so I pull up to the gate, and the gate just opens up. I didn't have any way to open the gate or anything, but I just as I pulled up there, the gate that was shut just completely opens up. And so I just drive in, and it's the back entrance. It's not the main entrance of it. And so I drive in this back entrance, and I guess this is maybe where the trash trucks come and things like that. Um, I'm driving in the back entrance there, and I look over, and all of a sudden I see this truck that I know is owned by Joel. I know it because it's a classic. There's not another one like it. It's, it stands out. <clears throat> the color, style, everything. And I knew that he didn't live there, but he lived probably about 20 miles away. And I was thinking, well, this is very interesting. And so I just keep driving around the complex. There's several people in our church that live there. And, and I'm driving around the complex, and I get almost to where I go out, which is like the opposite end of it. And the Spirit of God speaks to me. And he said, park the car, go up to... Melanie's apartment and knock on the door. Joel's in there. I was like, oh, no, 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 Lord, please. I said, park your car, go up to Melanie's apartment, knock on it. Joel's in there. It's like, okay. So I did that. I parked my car, walked all the way up third floor to the apartment that I knew that Melanie was in. I knocked on the door. Not real hard. It was early in the morning. And uh, knocked on the door. Waited several seconds, no answer, <clears throat> so I turned around to leave. Got to the stairs, God says, go back and knock harder. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. But I went back over the door, knocked a little harder, <clears throat> waited a little longer, no answer, so I turned around, went back over to the stairs to leave. <clears throat> I get to the stairs, <clears throat> the Spirit of God says, go back knock, pound on the door. 
pound on the door until someone comes to it. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, Lord. So I go over to the door, and I go back over there. Now, I'm sitting at a table. That's why you hear the knocking. And, and I go back to that door, and I'm like, <laughs> I am pounding. And Alan's loving that I'm doing that over there on the thing here. Um, I am pounding on that door, and I just keep hitting on the door. And then suddenly, the door opens just a crack. I pushed the door open, stepped inside, and said, Joel, get out here right now. Melanie had opened the door. She was in this great big bathrobe and everything like that. I just shoved the door open and yelled for Joel. <clears throat> Next thing I know, here comes Joel running out of the bedroom, completely naked. So I commanded him to go back in and put his clothes on. And um, <clears throat> so he did that. And then I asked him to leave the apartment and um, <clears throat> had some others join me there, staff, to deal with the situation since it was a, a single female in the church. She got her life straightened out. He, meanwhile, was in the parking lot, demons manifesting in the parking lot. You could hear them as he was screaming in the parking lot. It was demonic screams. <clears throat> coming out of him. Joel got free. Melanie got free. But it took someone standing against the plan of the enemy. It took someone not overlooking what the word of the Lord was and not saying it's okay. It's, uh, it's fine. Everything will be, everything will be okay. I, I need this person on the team. She was a great young lady, had a wonderful voice and everything like that. Um, new family in the church. Joel, his parents were in the church. You know, you could offend them, you know, and other people, you know, people could leave, you know, people get upset and everything like that. But we have to, we have to understand that God has a standard in the body of Christ and he has a standard in the church. And I feel this morning there's a lot of leaders that are listening, and I want you to listen, and I want you to heed the word of the Lord. Don't be a partaker of another person's sin. Don't enable it. Don't allow it. Shut it down, or it'll spread through your church. It'll spread through people. When you become aware of something, deal with it. The Bible said there in Ephesians 5 verse 1, be imitators of God. In other words, copy him and follow his example. As well-beloved children imitate their father. This is out of the Amplified Version. It talks about this. And so how would God deal with things? Jesus, when he walked into the temple and they were selling stuff, he didn't say, oh, you know, these people, they need to make some money. He realized people are being <clears throat> taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. What did he do? Did he, did he just allow, you know, uh, the kindness to flow? It's, it's fruit of the Spirit time here, folks. But Jesus dealt with stuff. It right. says in the Bible that he fashioned a whip. He didn't do it. He didn't come with a whip. He, he went in, he saw what was going on, and he took the time then to make 
a whip so he could deal with the evil that was in the church. And so he not only was flipping the money changers' tables over, but he was using the whip on them. <laughs> oh, this is a man who is meek and lowly of heart. He carries a lamb under yeah. his arm. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, and you get upset when, oh, that that preacher, he shouldn't, you know, he shouldn't act that way. He shouldn't talk, you know, as as though, you know, there's authority and that, you know, anything would even upset him. That, that he would stand up for, for rights. I want to tell you something. We need some, we need some tough preachers. Yes. We need, a, we need some more machine gun preachers. <laughs> <clears throat> people who will, who will not, I'm not talking about killing people, okay? I'm talking about dealing with sin and dealing with it so that people can be set free from it. Right. Not having to live among it. Not having to deal with it. Why was Eli taken out? Because of his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who he knew were stealing. Right. He was aware of it. Right. But he did nothing about it. He right. turned a blind eye towards what he knew was evil. His own children, yeah, but you've got to deal with it. Right. Yeah, he confronted them one time. But they didn't stop. No. So a lot of times people will do that. Like they they will confront a situation and go, okay, there, I, I've done my part. I, you know, I told them, well, you really shouldn't be doing that. But yet if you leave a hands. person in leadership and you leave them in a place of influence and you allow that to keep continuing on, then you're in the wrong. Yes. And so that's, that's the responsibility of a leader. It's the same thing within your home, with your children. You know, you, you've got to follow through on things. It's not enough to just say one time, okay, no, you can't do that. Um, because, of course, with, with children and oftentimes with adults, they're going to actually test the boundary that you've tried to establish or put down. You know, like, oh, are you really serious about this? And then, you know, of course, throughout society today, there is very much, you know, um, people don't want to submit to authority. In fact, they'll use the Bible to justify their rebellion, which is so wrong. And so, you know, people, it's like they don't want any absolutes. It's don't tell me that I have to do this. Don't tell me that I can't do this and want like their whole, everything within their life to be fluid. So there's no real concrete rules. There's no black and white area. It's, it's whatever I feel, you know, it's like like the saying, you know, well, you do you, I'll do me, Hmm. you know, and basically we should all just love each other. And then, you know, as you know, be kind. Well, the thing is, is that the word of God doesn't change. The word of God is not fluid. It doesn't change because of different cultures, because of different races, because of different desires or preferences on an individual's part. No, the God says his word, everything else can, can pass away. The earth can be destroyed. Everything will pass away, but not his word. This is the foundation the never changing foundation in our life. That's why, and that is our security and that's our hope. And that's our promise that we go back to that and we follow that. So we're not talking about, you know, being legalistic or anything with, you know, outside things about, you know, because sometimes with people that even I think sometimes start out well-meaning. And of course there's whole denominations like this, that they are very much, they're a strong and they're bold, but it's all about the way you dress. 
instead of actually what comes forth from your heart. So, you know, if you're a lady and you had on a pair of pants or you wore makeup, then you're on your way to hell and you're deceiving everyone mm. and you're being too seductive for a man. You know, I mean, all these kind of crazy things when actually everything goes back to the heart. The word deals with the heart and what comes out of someone. That's I mean, right. how many times did in the New Testament did Jesus hammer away at that, dealing with the religious? And man, he came against them strong. He's like, you know, you're like whitewashed sepulchers. On the outside, you look great, but on the inside, you're full of death, full of dead men's bones. You know, I mean, he just totally, you know, went for it and, and addressed it because of course, if your heart is right, that means it's a heart that lines itself up with the word of God. It follows the word of God in every area. Yes. And of course, we're, we're not ones that we're not like the busybody type where we're like, oh, let me just go tell everybody else what to do. Okay. So again, that's not what we're talking about. But when you have relationships with people and you have people that you're leading, you have people that, that are accountable to you. You have different ones that you're raising, whether that is in the natural sense, like your children or your grandchildren, or it's in the spiritual sense, you know, spiritual sons and, and daughters, not in a strange way, but I'm, you know, talking about people that, that you're helping disciple and, and raise up, which we all should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Then you have a responsibility to come along and, and help them and just deliver a straight word and not, not excuse what they're doing. Oh, well, you know, they've really been through a lot and they've experienced a lot of abuse and rejection. So I'm just going to let them just kind of do, do whatever they want to no. do. Well, then you actually don't really love them. No, you don't. And again, it's not about disrespecting people. It's not about putting people down, screaming in their face, cussing them out. No, absolutely. You don't do things by the flesh, but you can direct them to the word of God and just say, Hey, because I love you, I want to see every area of your life blessed. I don't want to see any area that is open to the plan of the enemy. I don't want to see you drawn off course, but I, I I need to, I need you to realize that according to the word of God, we can't live this way or we can't do this or because the word is actually very straight. And I know that now these days it is like so watered down. Now it's gotten to the point where they're trying to like take out certain scriptures. Um, or certain words within a scripture like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I can agree with that and that, but I don't agree with that. So then, you know, I'm just not going to do that. It, it's not up to us. It's not our choice. Not at all. The word of God gives no room for that. You're going to follow it. Otherwise, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Notice that it said here in verse five, it says no fornicator. Okay. It's not okay to fornicate. It's not okay to have sexual sin in your life, whether you're married or whether you're single. It's not okay. Right. It says not an unclean person. I mean, man, the even, you know, within the body of Christ, full of unclean people. I mean, sometimes you, you don't even have to have that much discernment to be around them to go, that that man creeps me out. Or that lady, like she's got lust all over her or whatever. So not an even an unclean person, nor a covetous person. Mm-hmm. So one that is just wanting everything that everybody else has, whether that's a person or whether that's a, a thing that they desire. They desire your spouse. They desire, you know, what car you have or anything. No covetousness. Notice this, who is an idolater. Okay. You don't love anything more than you love God has notice any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. None. So you got to wonder then, okay, you if you do, yeah, if you do those things or you are those things, you're not going to heaven. And you might say, yeah, but I, I said a prayer and, and I, and I prayed and asked Jesus into my heart. Yes, that's where it all begins. But notice that if our lifestyle, 
does not line up with the word of God. God does not just because, um, you know, you feel like, well, my heart is right. Listen, first of all, if your heart is right before the Lord, you produce works of righteousness. The fruit that comes from your life is righteous fruit. It's not questionable fruit. Mm -hmm. It's not like, well, one day they serve God and the next day they're sleeping with the same sex because you've got a problem and because you were abused. Okay, thank God for his healing power. Thank God for his deliverance and his restoration. He will be all of that to you. I don't want to make light of those things. Many people have had horrific things that have happened to them that that were beyond their control. And my yes, my heart goes out to them. But I'm here to say there is healing and there is delivering power for that. And there's a grace to keep you within the your lifestyle within the framework of God's word and to follow it so that you make heaven. Again, these things that the word lists, you're not going to make heaven. If you're if you're a partaker, this is not an exhaustive list. This is one little portion of scripture. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, you know, and maybe, um, you know, as we started out talking in the beginning about, you know, a partaker, which of course is a person who joins in an activity or an action. So maybe it's even something that, you know, wasn't your idea or this isn't my preference or whatever, but you just go along with it. Don't be a partaker in ungodliness because then your result is the same as if you were the one who came up and with the idea. That's right. And and started the whole thing. You know, it's so important the example that we are and it's hard, it's tough to be a good example. It's not it's Very not difficult. So tough to be a bad example, <laughs> but it is um and really we're really one or the other. But um you know, it's just, and, and a lot of it comes down to that we have to be willing to humble ourselves to receive correction and to remain teachable. You know, I was just thinking of when I was, um, I can't remember exactly how old I was. I want to say maybe I was about um, 10 or 11 years old, something like that. And I was at a basketball camp. It was one that was um, a week long. And um, of course, you know, it was out of state. So you go and you, you stay there and it's just, you know, it's just basketball, basketball, basketball. That's all it is, you know? And so you're like, I mean, you don't get very much sleep and you're just being like stretched and you're around players that are, you know, much, um, you know, better skilled than you are. I mean, amazing coaches. It's, it's a great, it's a great learning thing. But, and of course, when we grow is through when we're stretched anyway. But, um, I just remember being there and I was just like so tired and you, and we're in the midst of, we were, um, divided into groups and we were working on different plays and they were teaching us different, you know, um, ways to, um, have different offenses and how to score and properly and stuff like that. And it was kind of a station thing. So you went from, from group to group at different times. And we, so you're constantly mixing with different players and it's basically to get you to be able to, um, you know, effectively play with different teammates and adjust and, and learn and, you know, stretching you. And so anyway, I remember I got put in all of a sudden in the midst of like a play and these other four players, I'm the fifth one, just, just jumping in these other four already know what they're doing. I have no clue what the play is. And so I'm just, you know, so you're just quickly trying to like figure it out and learn. Well, someone throws the ball at me and I, I I didn't even know the ball was coming to me. So I totally missed it. I think it hit me. I can't even remember exactly. And at that moment I was, and the coach is like, you know, yelling at me like, why didn't you see that? Why didn't you get that? 
And I was like so frustrated. I'm my personality is like I can handle a bit of stuff and usually not like come back angry or frustrated or anything. But when I'm like pushed in the corner, and especially you know when I'm like tired and frustrated and mama bear, and, yeah, and hangry and you know all of that kind of stuff, you know, it's just like then I'm just like, all right, I, I don't even care, you know. I don't care who's here. Like I've had enough or whatever. And so at that moment, I was just, I just kind of like, you know, exploded or whatever. I was like, I don't even know what play I just got put in here. I don't even know I was supposed to catch the ball. How would I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? And um, so anyway, the coach ends up pulling me to the side and he gave me this great life lesson that I've never forgotten. He said to me, he goes, you have to realize that, that true. You might not have known the play. You might not have known what was coming to you, but recognize that the coach who put you in there actually saw potential in you and he knew what you were capable of. So just because, you know, I, as the coach corrected you on something or said, why didn't you do that? Don't, don't, don't get upset at that. Just take the correction and realize, wow, he actually saw something in me that I don't, that I didn't see in myself. Let me just make the adjustment and go to a higher level and be like, okay, you're right. I should have got that next time. I'm getting that. I'm getting that. Instead of just being like, well, I can't believe that you expect me of that. I didn't even know what I was supposed to do. And you know, that, that whole attitude, I would say abounds in culture today. Hugely. Abounds even within the church today. Yeah. Because again, if you have a minister, you have a leader or whatever, I cannot believe the way that they spoke to me. I cannot believe the tone they use. I am so offended. And people will leave the church and call that, call what happened church hurt. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, you're just, you're just a flipping baby. No, yeah. that, that's the problem, actually. You immature. can't take, you know, and, and of course, I was a very immature person at the time. I was like, like I said, I was like 11 or 12 years old. I mean, but the thing is, is that that, the, and I so appreciate that even then that coach, he, cause he could have said to me, he's like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. You're right. You know, I know, I recognize you're really tired and uh, you're, you're not even very old. I mean, you're just a child and, um, and you're right. Let's, let's just go ahead and take you this side. Can I get you something to drink? Would you like to take the afternoon off? Because we realized we just pushed you too hard today. No, then I wouldn't have, not only would I not have the life lesson that I've actually, people find this hard to believe. That same, what those words that he spoke to me, that same, that same um, uh, concept or whatever you want to call it, that understanding or whatever, I've actually applied that to many other areas of my life. That's yeah, huge. That when it's you amazing. find yourself in a, in a and, and really, again, we only grow during stretching times. Yep. So when someone presents a challenge to you, because our flesh is not going to present a challenge to itself. You know, unless you're like of a, a, you know, well, anyway, it's just, that's not the desire of the flesh, right? It wants to stay, excuse me, stay in the comfort zone, stay where it's accepted, stay where, you know, you're, you know, even as, as the saying goes, you know, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. And, um, and so, you know, which, which everybody loves to be liked. Everybody likes to be celebrated. Thank God. You know, that's, I believe, you know, one of the reasons why God gave us, you know, we have a birthday, right? And it's, you know, celebrated every year. Th- those are awesome times, okay? You know, if you accomplish great things, you're going to have some times of celebration. If you do nothing in life, probably not. One out of 365 days, <laughs> you can celebrate. No. You know, so, I mean, those are fun times. <laughs> but honestly, if you just live like, oh, I cannot believe that person is not celebrating <laughs> to me. Celebrating me today. They only, you know, tolerate me. Well, you know what? Maybe there's a reason why people only tolerate you, first of all. But anyway... <laughs> But T.D. Jakes, who came up with that, like to be celebrated. Well, maybe. You know, and, and I, I'm not saying that there's, there isn't, it's not right for 
people to celebrate you once in a while, but geez, if that's where you run your the life, you'll never actually make any inroads and do any great thing. You certainly won't be fulfilling the call of God on your life. I mean, I think of all the different places that we've gone to minister that that we were not even invited like people looked at us like who are you and why are you here like what we don't even know your name we don't even who you know who you know who told you you could come here or whatever but god mm-hmm. told us you know what i mean so if we were waiting to be celebrated to go somewhere i mean probably most of our ministry wouldn't have done anything i mean she's not talking like we showed up in somebody's <laughs> church and took over oh no 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 sorry you know i'm talking about crusades i'm talking about venues that we rented yeah I'm, I'm talking we about place. We weren't yes. invited to the country or the <laughs> city as a whole. The city fathers didn't invite right. us in. Well, I mean, even to start, yeah, even to start this church in Johnson City, we were never invited here. Nobody knew we were here. When we would tell people, but oh, we yeah, didn't we're... know the city was here either. So, <laughs> when we would tell people, oh, we're here to start a church, they'd be like, oh, wow, Why? another church. <laughs> so it's not Let's like people, you know, wanted us here. I mean, nope. you know, or anything like that. But this is where God said to to be, and so so we're here. And so now there there definitely are times of of you know celebration, celebration. and stuff. This is awesome. All glory to God. Amen. Uh, but um, you know, so a lot of it comes down to us first ourselves. You know, being being strong and having some great intestinal fortitude some great boldness guts yes some you know because and, and just being able to take a righteous stand it starts with with us in our own lives right and then of course mm-hmm. us as, as we as we've been talking about not being a partaker then not allowing whoever is around us or you know in your circle of, of influence or anything like that it's not like you got to be you know some you know bossy betty or whatever you know, it's just that we don't, you know, first of all, we don't have time to just go around and tell people what to do. And who wants to do that? No. Like, you know, oftentimes people that do that just need to get a job or, you know, get a, you know, step life. in. Yeah, get a life. life. Yes. But um, again, we're referring to, you know, people that you're in relationship with, that you not just excuse things. Don't excuse things in your own life and don't just, you know, make room for sin in other people's life. And then you, because, you know, well, I don't, I, they're not going to like it if I, if I speak up or whatever. And then we got to go like, okay, well, is that, is that what life is about? Is that what we're supposed to do? Is just everybody to be, you know, happy with us? Or is it that actually our life is to please God and to glorify him? And we all know the answer to that, right? Our life is to glorify him. Exactly. But in lo- along the lines of not being a partaker of other people's sins, in the context with which it came in Ephesians chapter 5, like in the Amplified Bible, it talks about verse 3, <clears throat> it says, but immorality, which is sexual vice, and all impurity or greediness must not even be named among you as is fitting and proper among the saints. Okay, so if it doesn't fit, then why are you, I mean, jeez, if something doesn't fit, it doesn't look right. Okay? And we're trying to, we're trying to fashion churches around other people's sin issues. Mm -hmm. It's like putting a, putting a giant, you know, canvas over over something that you know that we want to hide and it's just like you know well that that doesn't go in here yeah we'll just pretend it's not here it's like the elephant in the room well that that doesn't that doesn't work in here 
And so if there is if there is sexual sin going on, if there's impurity, if there's greediness, those things, there's no place for them. And, and you can't associate with it or be a partaker with it. It says, let there be no filthiness, <clears throat> which is indecency, obscenity, nor foolish and sinful talk or coarse jesting. It says those also are not fitting, and they're not becoming. <clears throat> and so it says, be sure of this. And my wife read this at the beginning. <clears throat> be sure of this. Be certain of this. No person practicing sexual vice or impurity in thought or in life, or one who is covetous, who has lustful desire for the property of others and is greedy for gain, for he in effect is an idolater, none of these have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Okay, so if you can't keep your zipper up, you're not going to be working in the church and you're not going to be you're you're not going to be well you're not going to be anything not in the not in the kingdom of god right because you're not even on your way to heaven you're on your way to hell and 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 like but we we just kind of like oh but but we like this person well you can you can like them but it said it said in verse 7 don't associate or be a partaker with them and so you, there has to be a line until you change and you allow God to come in and do a work inside of your life. Change your heart. Do a 180. Hey, this is Dr. Todd Holmes, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast, whether it was myself or my amazing wife, Katie, maybe the two of us together. If you want to be more than just an occasional listener and desire to really stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to this generation, go to riveroftricities.com. That's riveroftricities.com and click on donate to be a part of the last day's army of monthly partners that we're taking ground with. If you'd like to do that, I would like to send you a special gift for partnering with us. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. God bless you.